one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. How's everybody tonight? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of the show from South Florida. And uh, West Florida is the place to be, I guess, right now. <laughs> and the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa holding their first uh, ever huge tournament. The uh, World Series of Poker Circuit uh, event got underway. And we'll give you some results of that. Uh, Byron Johnson was the winner uh, of the opening event. The main event still to come, obviously, but uh, uh, he won this tournament, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he's from uh, Wesley Chapel, and I'm pretty familiar with the area over there. I know where that is. That is a uh, one of the suburbs in Saddlebrook Country Club. Is yeah, there. Wesley so Chapel's on my, my nephew used to work in that area. Oh, really? There. Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he gave a lot of credit to uh, a guy who's been helping him work on his game, Maurice Hawkins. So that was uh, pretty interesting. Maurice, of course, the uh, all-time WSOP circuit chip uh, uh, ring leader with 14 rings. And uh, he got the win over uh, uh, a pretty nice field. Uh, the final table, I was familiar with several of the guys. Uh, John Reisner, oh, uh, Philippe Caven. Uh, Juan Restrepo, who is actually from down here in South Florida, he's a poker dealer from Pembroke Pines, has some pretty good uh, success. You know where he I don't know that? where he dealt at. I do not. What's his name? Uh, Juan Restrepo. And uh, Carlos Loving, who was also a poker dealer up in Tampa uh, before he went full-time poker. Uh, the event was $600 buy-in, no limit hold'em with the double stack. They had five opening flights. And they did uh, $1.2 million in prize pool, $1.252, with uh, 2,433 entries. So a uh, nice big room up there with uh, 70-some tables, I guess. And uh, turns out pretty well, I guess, for uh, especially for Byron Johnson, obviously, who picks up 166000 for the win there. Fabian Foster was second, and Restrepo was third, winning 78000 uh, Raisner went out in eighth. Carlos Loving was sixth. And uh, a few other players that I uh, followed. Marsha Wolak uh, did pretty well. Marsha finished 18th in the tournament. And uh, a lot of them come down here. Kamar Andres, who won the uh, the uh, circuit event at Seminole Coconut Creek. He's a doctor from Orlando. Uh, he, won the, he finished in the 31st place. And... Uh, a bunch of Miami people went up there, I think. Not as many as I would have expected, but uh, Cord Garcia, the former Colossus champion, finished 52nd. And a pretty nice field up there. Anyway, they are underway and uh, several other tournaments. Uh, we were talking about uh, Justin Zaki from Tampa, who has been coming down here for years to play in tournaments. And uh, he's been on the show before. He said uh, that a friend of yours is, knows him. 
or uh, his a relative. The, well, his his wife's best friend is is, is Justin's uh, girlfriend. Okay. So they, he goes, "Oh, do you, do you hear this guy Justin?" And I go, "What's the last name?" And when he tells me it's Zach, I go, "Yeah, so we definitely heard of him." Anyway, he finished in the fi- on the final table in event four, which was a eleven hundred twenty five dollar buy in, uh, no limit hold'em event, and uh, that was won by Ryan Yu. Uh, Zachy finished fifth, twelve thousand five hundred. So pretty good. Uh, Ralph Massey was also at the final table, and Lonnie Harwood finished tenth in that one. Her boyfriend Phil Wee finished thirteenth. So pretty good uh, day for that uh, couple as well. <laughs> anyway, we'll keep an eye on what's happening. The main event comes up later in the week. It uh, starts on uh, February fourteenth. So next week's show uh, we'll devote a good bit of time to that. Uh, the big final. Up there, but uh, first big event up there. Uh, you've never been up there, have you? You've never been to that. Not one? to the new one. I've been. I was. You know, I've I've played the only poker tournament I ever won there. I won it blind in the last hand when when it was the top three chip finishers. Remember back in those days? Oh yeah. When you know we had the the, the restrictions and and so it was thirty hands. So I was sitting in fourth place, and I go, well, there's only one way to move this here. And coincidentally, the man in first place happened to be my boss. Uh, Who's so that, Jeff? Jeff Ward, okay. yeah. So he folds, and it's funny. I didn't even look at my cards, and we're just all you know, raise, 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 blind, and the board read, uh, <laughs> what the board read, uh, king, king, ace, something, and somebody had a king and paired one of the other cards for kings full, kings full of whatever it was, five sixes. So I go, all right, let me see. So I turn over one card, I turn over the ace. Go well. I need another ace or the case king, and the case king was under there. Wow! <laughs> and, but you know, I, I want to take credit for playing well there. It's just the nature of that beast when you get there that you got to go all in on that on your last hand because that's it. There's no more playing after that. Uh, the monster stack, by the way, started up there today. Four hundred dollar buy-in, thirty thousand in chips. Uh, do you like that kind of uh, starting stack? Do you prefer that? Well, it all depends on how the blinds are. Listen, it it, it depends on how how your 30 game min, 30 is Thirty minute levels. Thirty minute levels, yeah. Then thirty thousand is a nice starting stack. Now, if the levels were forty five, it's a lot of chips. But again, good players who know how to grind it out, they love this. They they know that they could take a few chances early on to see if they build up chips. Or if they take a bad beat, it may not take their whole their whole stack if they were playing, let's say, a ten thousand stack instead of thirty. And um, you know, for those that like to play aggressive and get people in there nervous, they may not like that because you know the, there's a lot of play. Right. You know, uh, our friend Al Al Gomez, Aldrino Gomez, who's been doing quite well over the last few months, you know, loved the. Um, the uh, the fifty one over there at the WSOP this past year, big, keep big forgetting fi- the big the fifty, big 50 uh, because of the because of the large stack and and the structure, the blind levels, and he did quite well. I mean, what was it like twenty something thousand people? He came in like eight hundred and something to mm. you know, and there's something to obviously to be said for that. But you know, you're going to be in there. I mean, if you're going to be successful, you're going to be in there for the long haul because that's a lot of chips in play. Uh, we will be keeping an eye on some of the final tables. There were some announcements about that today. I'll get to in just a second. Uh, they have gone to this uh, final tables being uh, delayed and played at the HyperX for the World Poker Tour. 
Okay, why? You look confused. I'm saying they delay. Oh, you mean the delayed final tables? Where that, they, that, they, that they, they did play last down to year. six, yeah. And then all right, but when you said delayed final tables, I thought they were delaying the final tables already. No, you're talking about no, the tournaments. They played, they played the down tournaments to a that final played table. down to a final six or nine players, and and then the final six, ta- six, six players, and then they're they're playing it out in uh, in Vegas. Right. So, so uh, they they uh, had already announced that uh, the first group. Uh, was going to be played in late March. Uh, they are the uh, Gardens, WVD Gardens, which is was pl- the regular tournament was played in Los Angeles. Uh, the Borgata, which finished last week down to the final table. And uh, actually it's uh, March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd. And then the third day will be the LA Poker Classic, which hadn't even started yet. But anyway, that's the first group there. Then the second group they just announced today... This is the HyperX Esports Arena at the Luxor, and they will be playing the final uh, events of the Choctaw Tournament, which uh, gets underway May 15th. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown played their final table there last year. They will do that again. Uh, that is uh, May 1st through the 5th down here in Hollywood. And then the other one was... Uh, the Tournament of Champions is going to be there also. Um, that will conclude things. That's uh, uh, The final table there is closing out later. Uh, but uh, earlier it's going to be the Seminole High Rock, the Choctaw. And I don't see what the third tournament was. Anyway, I guess the tournament, they're counting that as the uh, Tournament of Champions to be played after that. But that's that's right before the start of the World Series of Poker. So... Uh, they will be going up kind of a, to kick things off for that. Not purposely, obviously, but they know that the players are in town and it should be pretty fun for them to do that. So, um, The Seminole Hard Rock uh, had a great time there last year and they are one of the favorites of certainly of the World Poker Tour. So um, they will get the VIP treatment out there. So looking forward to that uh, later in the year. We'll keep an eye on uh, that. But we still got a long way to go even to play the early rounds of that, May 1st through the 5th. Uh, Also, the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas, the entire schedule pretty much is out now. What was the final number on the events? Well, they've announced 79 events. I think there was 80 last year. So they went down one? No, I think they'll they'll probably add a couple more, which is what they did last year. Uh, They added some at the very end. So uh, they announced today that the... uh, all the $1,500 buy-in events, which they consider the sweet spot. Uh, Jack Effel said, uh, uh, we found the 1500 price point to be the sweet spot in poker, perfectly balancing affordability, field size, and prize pool to offer great value for the participating players. And as we continue to cater our offerings to find something for everyone, the $1,500 buy-ins remade the core staple of the WSOP. So that I like that. That keeps the... the, the, the Common poker man, uh, poker player, uh, you know, in action actually, and gets lets them enjoy a piece of, of you know, of of the poker excitement for six, seven weeks. Right, exactly. Uh, so they kind of uh, in the announcements, it's kind of put out a little bit at a time. First, they announced uh, the major events, when the main event would start, and the big fifty and the seniors and some of those. And then some of their signature events, like the, the Monster Stack, the Colossus, Little One for One Drop, and the Millionaire Maker were announced the following week. 
Then they got into the online events, then the value events, which are the events that are below uh, 1,000, which there's quite a few this year. Uh, two dozen of those events, $1,000 or under. Uh, the freeze-out series, they concentrated on including the new Mystery Bounty Tournament. Uh, they announced that in late January, and then the, the nine high-roller events, including a $250,000 super high-roller the biggest buy-in tournament ever at the WSOP. And then this last group was the $1,500 buy-in events, which they've talked about. So they pretty much introduced everything. The 79 right now, uh, they left it kind of open whether they will add a few more, which they did last year kind of at the end. So uh, basically they kind of gave all the business stuff. Uh, tournaments uh, starting as low as $75, including single-table satellites, Um all that stuff will start on May 26th and run 24 hours a day throughout the series. So uh, I think that's a little bit of a change. I don't think they went all night long, but I guess they're going to do that this year. Uh, and that's the way that the, a lot of the poker, you know, uh, people get in. I remember I used to play with somebody down here who at that time used to go down there just to play the satellites for the main event. And he'd always find a way to pick up two to four of them a year, yeah, and then just sell them for the you know for so people wouldn't have to wait online. They'd pay him the whole you know ten thousand for it. Really? Yeah, yeah. He went down there, you know. I I don't remember if it was a chip or what they gave him, but he goes, "Hey, I just sold it to the people so they wouldn't have to wait online." And he goes, "You get a you get people who buy it from you right away." So. His his uh, <laughs> his pocketbook was was filled by playing in those satellites. Well, I think this is the tur- this is the year where they've done the best for everybody doing something. There'll be twenty five tournaments at a, with a fifteen hundred dollar price point. There's twenty four at a thousand or under, and then of course you got the big high rollers and stuff like that as well. And uh, the ten thousand dollars. You said events. the two hundred and fifty thousand is their biggest buy in. Biggest buy in ever for a, for a tournament. I mean, not counting the little the, one for one. The big one for one. I was one just going to say, I forgot they they got a million dollar one out there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a little bit. And they're different. doing that this and that's year. That's a charity no? event. Uh, I don't know. We, I we believe, mentioned that I believe, last week. I, I don't see it on the schedule. I believe the million one should be this because they did the hundred thousand one last year. If I'm yeah, not I don't. I don't see it on the schedule yet. So that's something probably will be announced uh, a little later on. But uh, one thing I want to talk a little bit about is uh, an interesting article by Ashley Adams that I want to get to uh, talking about uh, preparing yourself for the rotation games, like the mixed game events. And we know that the uh, the play, Poker Players Championship, which has been an eight-game mix for several years, is now going to be a nine-game mix this year. They added Badoogie there. And uh, he has some interesting tips on how to prepare yourself for some of those, not particular rules of the game, but just kind of general things that you need to look at. So I want to get to that after the first break. Uh, well, let's take that break now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, I came across an interesting article about uh, one of my favorite topics is uh, encouraging women to play poker and reasons why uh, you know there's there's been a lot of struggle getting women into the game. So uh, we'll <laughs> go over some of that. The, the, some of the numbers, they, did, uh, they interviewed 2,000 female players and, and uh, ask them lots of questions and have some nice statistics that we'll go over as well. I'd love to hear that. Okay, let's take our first break in the show. Uh, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez from South Florida, keeping an eye on the Tampa events. Not a lot of 
major tournaments going on right at this moment. There's some international events getting underway in the next few days. Uh, there's one in the Philippines for the WPT uh, later in the month. There's one in Paris, and we'll keep an eye on some of those events. But, uh, you know, it just seems to me like uh, poker seems to be changing a little bit. You know, you can always pick out a few players that you are familiar with and you've seen on TV or uh, that you may have met at some of these events. It seems like now you look at a final table and you get guys you never heard of, but I think that's a part of the game. That's actually a good thing. I think Dave. it is, too. I'll, I'll address it when we come back. Okay, let's take a break. We'll be right back after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? <laughs> of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> wow, Jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night following NHRA National Events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Uh, always uh, big news out in Vegas with some of the casinos and that sort of thing. One was kind of shocking to me was... Uh, that the uh, well, we knew the Hard Rock was sold out in Las Vegas. It was sold to Richard Branson, who's going to uh, reclassify it as Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Uh, they're not going to tear the place down, but they will obviously uh, take away the music theme that uh, has been there for many years. The Hard Rock uh, Las Vegas has been open for 25 years. You ever stay there? No, I have not. I have not either. Uh, it's not on the Strip. I don't think I've ever even been in it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've been in there, but I have not uh, played there or anything. But uh, they finished up this past weekend over the Super Bowl weekend uh, with a weekend-long party, uh, 25 years, and they closed it up. Uh, it will be reclassified, as I mentioned, as Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. A uh, couple of interesting thoughts came out of this story. Uh, first of all, you got to wonder what the employees are going to do because that's the first thing that uh, goes obviously but well, management uh, is the first thing that goes well yeah but there were 1600 employees 
for the hotel there. And, of course, they're out of work. Uh, they plan to be closed for about four months. At first, they were going to try to open it in stages and keep part of it open, but they just decided that well, a full shutdown was going to be the When best you route. do something like that, they can go, obviously, on unemployment, but that doesn't pay the bills. That's right. for damn sure. Yeah. Um, I would imagine a lot of them are just going to try to get into other casinos around that area or, or look for work in other states. Yeah. I mean... You know, uh, depends on how well they saved up money and stuff uh, and everything else, uh, what the hotel does for them. Um, but I'm sure they're not going to have any troubles uh, getting their jobs back if they do want it once the uh, the hotel, they said, you said it was going to be closed for what, how long? I guess About four, four months. months. They were Well, originally they were going to shut it down, uh, part of the property for four months while the rest stayed in operation and then everything would close for four months. So now it's decided a full shutdown uh, does not give an exact time, and that's part of the problem. But what they have offered the employees is a uh, stick-around-and-come-back program, which we've seen at places before, where they uh, pay them up to 10 weeks as a bonus, 10 weeks pay, uh, depending, I guess, on your tenure or how long you've been there. But you, the other thing is that's a positive, that if you want to return to your job when the property reopens, you get your old job back without interviewing. Right, and probably with the same type of seniority that you probably had. Exactly. So that's one thing that was interesting, I thought. Uh, the second was that uh, they've decided to redo all the rooms and all the furniture and everything. So they're selling the furniture uh, in a two-room package which I guess is like a suite, uh, the, all the stuff in the suite, includes a uh, bed and headboard, pair of nightstands, the sofa, ottoman, an end table, two lamps, the dresser, the desk, the chair, and two 42-inch TVs for $800, which is pretty good, depending on how old uh, that furniture uh, is. What do you think? I don't know if I'd want to have my bed from a hotel. <laughs> well, you could change the mattress. <laughs> Flip it over. Listen, if, <laughs> if you need furniture and a place to sleep, that, that's outstanding, actually. Or you could just buy either the living room or the bedroom furniture for 400 Hey, listen, they're going to throw it out if, even if you don't buy it. So, you know, if they can get anything for it, it's wonderful. And it's, you know, again, I don't know if what I lived out there, I would consider it. I'm sure yeah, it's pretty I mean, nice listen, they've got to find out how old it is. Right. Uh, they're going to have a 60,000-square-foot casino with a modern desert theme. So that's all going to take place this summer, and they hope to open in the fall, they say. So I don't know exactly how that works out. I guess about m maybe six to eight months, maybe. Yeah. Sounds more like. Anyway, I wanted to give you that news. But I wanted to get to this article by uh, Ashley Adams. And uh, just to note, uh, you know, obviously, if you're playing out in the series this year, you're not going to end up in the Poker Players Championship, probably playing eight games. But, you know, as, if you want to get that as part of your games, and that's the games I like, uh, to get variety. I've always been, always been kind of a variety-type person. I uh, don't like playing the same game all the time. So, uh, basically, you're talking about uh, No Limit Hold'em and PLO, plus... Things like seven card stud, seven card stud high low, Raz, Omaha, uh, fixed limit hold'em, and do seven triple draw, and sometimes you might get a little badoogie in there or something like that. But uh, basically, the reason to to switch to some of that is that there's really not the dead money in the game that there used to be. Players have gotten so much better over the years. 
those who are easy pickings, as he says in the story, have uh, left the game. But uh, yeah, well, and, you yeah. either evolve or you die. <laughs> it's yes. one. Of, it's it, it's very simple in the poker world. If if uh, how's that old joke go? If you can't you know if you can't pick out the sucker on the table, guess who's it? Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, <laughs> guess what? Uh, unless you have unlimited resources and income just flying in, uh, you either get better or you leave the game. Exactly, exactly. So he says, uh, and it, it's not a, this is not a discussion of all the rules of each game and how to play them and that sort of thing, but kind of general strategy. And uh, basically, his number one is for all of the games, learn at least the basic strategy on every street, how to bet every street and the the strategy involved there. You don't have to be an expert, but uh, there's plenty of news out there. And he said, you know, you've got to do your research. Do a Google search, uh, you know, become aware of the broad guidelines on every street for every game. That's kind of common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is take notes on what you learn about each game and add to those notes on a regular basis from your own experience as you learn more. So... This is not enough to re- watch a few videos and that sort of thing. You need to study them in a serious and systematic way, he says. He said, of course, you want to play the game, but you want to do some outside note-taking. Uh, you ever take notes uh, on your game? That I wrote down? No. I no. mean, I was, to be honest with you, Dave, I played with a group, I'd say, of about 20 people, of which... I was really close with maybe 12 of them, you know, like that that were the more common opponents uh, in my time frame. And, uh, you know, after playing with them, you know, God bless me with a mind to remember yeah, tri- a do, lot of trivia. You do have a very good memory. Trivial mind, uh, you know, for, for useless information. I should be on game show host. But, uh, yeah, for some reason I remember hands from 15, 20 years ago. So it wasn't difficult for me to remember how they played and make a mental note of it, right. and, you know, it has, that's how I did it. When you say take notes, um, I'd be lying to you if I said I did that from the very beginning as, as again, evolve or get out of the game. Well, you know? in, in today's world, you got your phone or your tablet where you got a nice little note thing. Online really changed that a lot where you could actually just put notes It'll have a little, you know, little, little, box, yeah. little box. So, so you know, again, I love when they say take notes. But if you're playing against hundreds, if not thousands, of different players on a consistent basis, you know, yeah, you could write a note about somebody and may not play them. I'm just assuming you may not play them again for a year, year and a half. You know, that that person could have changed their whole style of play right away. I I believe that to be something. I guess in this, uh, uh, you know, choice of games, what is it, uh, what's it called, the... Uh, the eight-game mix. The eight-game mi- the mix game, now that they want to do nine, is similar to what I used to do, you know. You figure it's probably the same core of players that, that will play it in different places, and, um, yeah, then you take notes down. If you're not good at remembering them, yeah, take your notes down, write them in your computer, I mean in your tablet, in your phone. It's, real, it's a lot easier than, you know, putting pen to paper. Yeah. Well, I played uh, horse in the uh, circuit a couple of times, and I noticed that there was players there that, although they were very good players and played mostly hold'em, when you'd get to, like, Raz, you'd see them folding 
basically every soon, hand. Way too Fair. many hands. Yeah, right off I, the bat. I played with a guy they didn't guy feel like confident in, in mixing it up with somebody yeah. who was an expert. At the game. And, and believe it or not, those are the people you could take advantage of. Right. You really can. They're out, probably outstanding players. Um, I won't mention this person's name, but there was a person that, that I played with, and uh, he has since passed, but he's an outstanding uh, poker player. But when we switched the game to 7-high seven, seven low, he played just so tight that there was no way he could ever win money in that game. Because you knew exactly, I mean, if he ever made uh, well, bed, I shouldn't knew, say he, he couldn't make nuts. money. He did make money because we definitely had two or three people that would just, uh, to say they were clueless is an insult to people who are clueless. Uh, you know, that's how bad they were. Uh, but he couldn't take a cent, for the most part, from the other people in the game because we knew exactly where to put him, and it was easy to get him off his hand because th- he knew that if we bet into him, if he didn't now, if you knew if you bet into him and he called you, you might as well fold on the next round. Right. But you know, you could push him off of a hand because he played so damn tight to the vest, I, and, and I don't understand it because he was an outstanding seven card player. So I, I guess the dynamics of the high low game in there really threw him off. Really. And it was, you know, like I said, he was an outstanding poker player. But when we came to this round of the of the game and the and the and the night, it was easier, you know, early on. He he got way too much respect early on, and then we got to see some of his hands, uh, you know, as it got down to showdown. We're like, man, you aren't raising with that hand, you know, like the 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 rest of us who were who knew the game very well would have been. Pushing the hell out of that pot, knowing that we're going to take at least one side, if not both, and so you know everybody, everybody did their, their I would imagine, did their mental notes because I know two or three of the other players played the same way when they had starting hands that they could try to move them off of. So okay, uh, number three was uh, basically along those lines: know your relative strengths and weaknesses in each game. And don't assume, he says, that uh, just because you think you're pretty good at uh, limit hold'em, that that means you can dominate the other players. Uh, so, in fact, they might be better than you at the game. But he says uh, a good place to start, really, is Badoogie, because if it's added to a lot of uh, mixed games, a lot of people aren't going to know how to play that uh, very well. And Badoogie is, of course, the best hand is ace, deuce, three, four. Well. Well, each of a different suit. That's so he's, a, that's a low hand. So Ashley is saying, uh, what is it to, to familiarize yourself with the betting patterns? Well, that and uh, and, and what what your weaknesses and your strengths are at each game. Well, I, I would hope that if you're playing in these in this mixed game, I don't know what the buy-in, but it's usually a very high buy-in, isn't it, for the Players' Championship? Yeah, but I'm 000. not talking about that. I think there's going to be more mixed games, uh, Dealer's Choice, so, and Horse, and a few others. Listen, we spoke about, for, I don't know how long ago it was, but remember we spoke about a guy who thought he was getting into a seven-card stud tournament when he got into a Raz or something and wound up taking the the tournament down, uh, you know, as as he was going along and learning the game, you know, if I'm going to play in these games and there's even a chance that Badoogie's coming in or a game that I've never played before, listen, I'm 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 trying to find an online site, friends that know the game, go to a casino where they play it, and just start educating yourself on right. the game. Right. And, you know, top players, Dave. That's the bit. You know, that's that's the funny part. Top players, for some reason, and and the reason is their intelligence, 
is they pick up new games much much quicker than than a novice player or someone you know mid level player who may not have the confidence they they pick they pick on the nuances of the game as to at what point they can they can push hard for to to get you off of a hand to bluff at you how to set you up um you know knowing all these things that Ashley says is is a, is a must yeah but you know learning the game first and foremost enough to where you know your betting structures on the rounds and all of that if you make a mistake i guarantee you you'll make it only once yeah uh, once you know your weaknesses, and uh, obviously you've uh, kind of a, a checked out the other players' strengths, uh, be willing, number four is be willing to avoid confrontations with better opponents. Uh, he said the adage, quitters never win and winners never quit, is a terrible slogan for a poker player. <laughs> uh, he said poker players often have big egos. He said you need to be willing to quit when you're behind. And avoid confrontations when you view yourself as less skilled yeah. than your opponent in a certain Learn game. to fight another day. Yeah, exactly. You know, so survive to fight another day. And in the mixed games, I, I believe what they're trying to say is, if you can survive this round, however amount of time it is, if this is not your strength and it's your opponent's strength, try to, try to keep out of head-to-head confrontations and wait your time to move in. Now, obviously, the deeper you go into these tournaments, the bigger the annies or blinds or whatever, whatever it is, will force you to eventually have to play, uh, for the most part, at least one or two rounds of games that you're not very strong right, at. Right. He says, be aware, number five, be aware of your image in each game. Uh, so kind of understand how other players are looking at you if you've developed a tight image or uh you know being a maniac but that's advice that goes for for everything. every no single question. thing no question you always want to but it will change from round to round guess. yeah you want to keep your opponents guessing and uh at all times so i would imagine mannerisms depending on the different type of game whether you're looking at a card or a flop you know you may be giving some tells there so that's something that I, I would imagine he's trying to address there. Right. Uh, number six, don't assume you'll be a winner at your best game. He said, uh, you know, in certain variants, even if you think you're the best player at that game, you're not destined to win uh, always. He said you certainly should, should be willing to enter more pots initially, but uh, cards are still cards. And, uh, you know, one one of your skills in your best game should be knowing when you are clearly dominated and maintaining the self-control to uh, make skillful folds. Well, that's what—that's part of what makes you the, be- the better at Jack game when when you can recognize all these things like that. You know that, hey, I can outshine this person nine out of ten days, but recognizing that today's the tenth day, <laughs> and and trying to not lose your cool and and start barbecuing chips like I do sometimes, like a lot of players have when you go on tilt, uh, is the big difference. Right. Uh, number seven, resist the quote, fancy play syndrome in your best game. He said it's tempting to get really clever in a game that you think you're the best, uh, using the occasion to show off your skills. But uh, you may not be clever enough to be fooled by a brilliant play, or other players may not be, uh, let's see, what am I trying to say here? Um, They could be fooled by your brilliant plays, but not always. So you need to rely on solid poker more than trickery. Okay, uh, I've always agreed to that adage. Anyway, okay. you know my 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 range of bluffing is 
is probably lower than most people. I love to have it set it up for for a very big occasion, um, and 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 put well, them, and the, put them to the test. It goes to the old saying: uh, "Don't try to bluff a calling station." That, well, that's that that's number one. That, and, and let me tell you, I'm sure every really really good to great player at one time. Uh, as they were learning the game, like they do in card player, when I was a donk, uh, you know, donkey and stuff right. like that, um, I guarantee you, a whole bunch of them did that early on. Right. They they learned how to do a fancy move and realized that the person they were doing it on was oblivious to every single thing. Right. Like I tell people, the only time a bluff really, really, really works is usually against a very, very good opponent. Because they're the only ones who can right. analyze, and you can maybe trick them with with the way you're betting to to for them to assume that they've got a good hand, but that you've got a better hand, right. and get them to lay that down. A calling station is going to sit there and go, "All right, well, you're going to have to show it to me." Yeah. You know? So so putting on a move for them is just a it, it's it's a futile attempt at, at doing something. Okay. And the eighth and final one, and it's. Uh Seems obvious, but uh, this is very important, and I, I know exactly where he's coming from in this. Keep careful track of what game you're playing. And I have noticed <laughs> this online for myself, that it's very easy in a horse to not realize that when the game has Raz. changed from Raz to Stud. Right. And you're looking, at it may be the first hand of Stud, all of a sudden... You got some big face cards there, and you're thinking Raz, and you fold a really good hand sometimes. Exactly. Until you realize that it's changed. Changed. So he says, you know, before every hand, you need to confirm the game you're playing by looking at the placard. But he's table, really talking to, to novice players here, right? Right. Big Dave, because sure. they're announcing the game that's coming up now. Granted, this is great advice if you're away from the table because you had you have to go to the bathroom, you know. Decided to stay a little bit longer, eating, whatever the reason is. Yes, then that's um, that's tremendous advice. When you know, hey, what game are we on right now? When you sit down at the table, I think it's more of a problem for me online because sometimes it changes. Well, and it may say it on there, but it's not always that clear. Well, like I said, uh, it wasn't even in a tournament. I was playing in a RAS game online uh, on a on an eight sixteen RAS game. <laughs> And after after this guy kept capping the damn pot on me, when I'm looking at him, showing me a pair of queens in Raz, and I'm going, I've got I've got a seven low. This guy can't even come close to catching me because he had a pair of queens and an eight. And I'm going, am I missing something here? Because I kept raising, he kept raising me back, and I'm going, this does say Raz at the top of the screen, and the guy didn't realize it till the very end because. He was playing seven-card stud. He was right. playing multiple games. Right. And everybody at the table just kept saying, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, buddy. And, you know, and, and this guy just funneled. Yeah. Uh, you it know, does happen. It was it capped. But, but think about it on my side, Dave. I'm going, did this game change and it's not on my screen? Because I'm going, yeah. something <laughs> isn't right here. Yeah. I, I know I've got this guy dominated completely. There's no way he can catch me, and he's capping every round on me. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's very easy to start the game off, play Hold'em, where you get your two cards. Then to go to Omaha, you get your four cards. Then you go to Raz, where you got two down, one up. 
And it's just Ras is played the same way as seven cards. But stud. the change from Ras to stud, you get the same card, so you really have to pay attention on that. Right, you know, you're playing a high game now, and guess what? Uh, high, you know, when you when going when to you, high low, when yeah. you go to high low, same thing. Yeah, you forgot that the low the low aspects in the game, and you're throwing away a two three four because you go, oh, this is this is garbage and seven card stud, you know, and. Again, yeah, paying attention to the games that are there, especially in horse, as you mentioned, because three of the games have the same format. Yeah, exactly. So you, you just got to be aware of it. And, you know, I always tell people, if you're not sure, just ask. Don't worry about if you think you're going to be embarrassed. What? Just damn ask, Yeah. you know, in those games. Um, I hope that makes games do, because I loved playing horse, although... You know, since it went offline, I don't know about you, Dave, but I haven't been I haven't played a game of horse or Raz yeah, in years. It's hard to, to find. It's hard to now. find a lot of those games. And I, some of them, if you play on a tablet, you could play on their uh, on your desktop game, top game. But you, uh, if you play on a tablet, the uh, mobile, uh, you can't play some of these games. Well, let me tell, tell you, you, I was uh, I loved playing Raz, and I believe I was starting to become. I was doing quite successful online with it, and I, you know, was picking up a friend of mine who owns a, a bookstore, got me a book on on certain things to pick up in Raz, and like I said, I loved it, but then uh, Black Friday came around, and that ended all of that for me, and down here in South Florida... You know, unless it is a tournament from the WPT or the WSOP, yeah, right. you know, you just don't see that game being played. Yeah, you anywhere. don't see it too often. Uh, by the way, just want to give him a little plug. Ashley Adams, who I've met before out there in Vegas, uh, has written two books. One's called Winning Seven Card Stud, and the other one, Winning Poker in 30 Minutes a Day. Uh, he's written articles for years, including Poker Player, uh, the old Stanley Sludikoff uh, uh, newspaper. Uh, and has written. Oh, he's written a lot a of great stuff. Right. He also has its own uh, uh, poker radio show uh, called House House of Cards. Anyway, uh, Ashley Adams, we appreciate that. Uh, but one thing I would add to the story is, if you want to do it in the future, maybe it's a little too late to do it for this summer, uh, because you might want to take a look at some of those games this summer and see how the experts play. If you have Poker Go and you follow some of these games, watch how some of the really good players play Raz by watching, uh, you know, with a, where you can see the whole cards and see how they do and then plan for next year. That might be a future thought. Well, I believe there's still a lot of time for you now. I mean, No, there is. We're, but we're, we're, we're halfway through, fe- well, not even halfway through February, but close to it. Um, you've got, I mean, if that if that's your intention... You know, like I said, you and I both enjoyed playing Raz and playing in the horse tournament yeah, when, when they had the circuit event up there in, in West Palm Beach. And um, I don't know. I just grew to love that game. And, again, I always loved playing seven-card stud also. I mean, you know, it, it, I like the fact that I liked Raz because when I played it, I just seemed to realize that people took a lot more chances in hands that, you know, I learned quickly on <laughs> there was no reason to fight good players. So I loved when they tried to do that to me. I remember I had people raising me uh, knowing that 
I was drawing to a much better hand than they were and beating, obviously, because I was ahead of them at that point. And, again, depending on the cards that you think your opponent needs and that your opponent thinks you need can base on how you play that game. And, like I said, I was making a lot of money at that, at that game online. Uh, that was probably my most successful game uh, for for a good year and a half. So... I'd love to see that come back and, yeah. and be played here in the casinos. Uh, just to mention on uh, Poker Go, which has uh, carried a, a lot of these tournaments, which you can watch uh, some of those broadcasts, they just picked up uh, the old show High Stakes Poker. I don't know if you watched that years ago. Uh, a lot of big-name players used to play on this. Uh, Phil Ivey and Tom Dwan, Patrick D'Antonius, uh, Mike Matisau. Uh, used to plan this show. Anyway, that started back in 2006 and, and ran for seven seasons. Uh, brought players like Tom Dwan to a wider audience. Uh, was hosted for several years by Gabe Kaplan, the uh, former a- actor from Welcome Back, Cotter, along with A.J. Benza. And then uh, Norm MacDonald did the last season. But I think they're going to re- rejuvenate the show and bring back some new episodes They'll show some stuff in the past, and they're also carrying some poker after dark shows on the service. Uh, great stuff. I, I've been really enjoyed There's my some, time on there. On I don't poker know if Go. you've ever got the app uh, Pluto TV. No. Some of there, there's some old poker shows that Is you there? can see in there. It's out there. And, and actually, there's a bunch of old shows to see on there, and it's all for free. Oh, Just wow. got to sit through the commercials when they come through, but yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. I'll show it to you when we're, when we're off the air. Okay. Uh, let's take our last break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, women in poker and some of the things that continue to stand in the way of uh, breaking out. We'll talk about more of that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. You can always pick us up on the on SoundCloud, which is probably the best place for it. Uh, pick us up on iTunes. You can go to our website and pick up some previous shows on uh, PokerActionLine.com. You can go to the Hold'em Radio Network. They carry the show on a regular basis, and we do appreciate them continuing to carry our show. And uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page also has uh, previous shows on there as well. So uh, continue to listen, and we will have some good guests upcoming in the next few weeks as we head back to the World Series and uh, big events down here. But we'll be back with more of this show when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. 
And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Big Dave and Joe finishing things up here. Another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, I did want to mention... Um, the uh, Escalator Tournament coming up at Seminole Hard Rock here in Hollywood. Uh, they are running four consecutive weekends. It begins on February the 19th, so you still got about a week and a half before that gets going. Uh, by the time you listen to the show, maybe less than a week. But it starts on a Wednesday. Uh, there are six opening flights Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, in the first one, which is a $150 buy-in and with a guarantee of $100,000. Uh, day two is on Sunday, February the 23rd. Uh, everybody who makes the final table gets a seat into the next event, which is the following weekend. Uh, starts also on Wednesday, and it's Wednesday through Saturday, the opening flights. Seven opening flights in the second one for $250 buy-in. And day two is March the 1st. Uh, the third one is a 360 buy-in with a 300,000 guarantee, March 4th through the 8th. And the final one is a 570 with a 400,000 guarantee, March 11th through the 15th. And uh, what do you think about that format? Well, it's <laughs> I like it, you know. And, and, and speaking of our friend Al, didn't Al do real well in that last year also that we spoke about earlier? <laughs> In the show, so um, I like it. I like it a whole lot. Yeah, you get to pick which one, pick your poison, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you want to start out and take a shot at each one to to win a spot in the next one, which is nice. Uh, but you know, again, you don't have to worry about traveling if you live here in town. And I, I think it's a great. Idea. Tony came up with that. Uh, this is the fourth year that they've had this tournament, and. Uh, I, I it just the fact that it builds to a crescendo, I think, is is pretty interesting. You can also win a championship seat in the uh, Seminole Showdown in May. Well, they've they've gotten great responses in the last few years, so it, it, you always have to keep coming up with new things. We were discussing uh, before the start of the show about the baseball format, which for the new playoffs, which I I'm not a big fan of uh, right now, but uh, you know. You do have to change it up a little bit to keep expanding. And I know that you were mentioning right before we took our first break um, that you mentioned about, you know, new people at the tables and you couldn't recognize them. And 
I was telling you, I think I think that's a good thing for two different reasons. One, you need the new blood in the game, and you, and and so you, you're going to have those people, and it continually shows other people, hey, look, these people, you never knew who they were two, three, four, five, ten years ago. Now they're playing in final tables and playing for hundreds, if not millions of dollars. Yeah. So I I believe that to be a very good thing. Now, granted, it may not grow TV version wise because you know we're we're all addicted to seeing the the top name brand people there. But for the game itself to continue to grow, in my opinion, yeah, you know, poker that is a good thing. The poker is a thing where you know Paramutual. Uh, was the king of, of gambling in this country outside of Vegas, everywhere else. As casinos came in, you know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I know my father used to always take me as a kid to, you know, to, when he was holding my hand down by his waist uh, to Aqueduct, Belmont, you know, to see the horse racing on the days I was off from school and stuff. And the, you're cultivating new customers with that. And I've, ne- you know, I've, I haven't done that with my kids because I got away from that. And, you know, poker is a game very similar to that. If you don't keep introducing new blood into it, eventually it it becomes all the sharks feeding against each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Over in Tampa, and this is a good thing for Tampa, not not only for Miami players getting the tables turned and having to drive up there for a weekend and checking out a great town. Uh, The whole Bay Bay Area is very interesting. And if you're from South Florida and you haven't been up there, I would suggest maybe heading up there for the main event, which is uh, February 14th and 15th, and then plays out through the 17th. But uh, the other good thing is there's lots of poker rooms up there besides the Hard Rock. Uh, you got Derby Lane in St. Petersburg, the dog track, Tampa Greyhound. Uh, you got uh, Derby the Lane horse track. Patrick is correct. No, that's uh, Tampa Bay Downs, the Silks. Silk's Poker Room. Okay, that's where Patrick was? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That is up in north side of Tampa. The Tampa Greyhound Track is also on the north part of town. Uh, Hard Rock is out west of Tampa, in between Tampa, really, on the edge of Tampa, uh, on the way toward Orlando. Uh, you got St. Peter's Derby Lane, uh, which is right by the causeway borderline between St. Pete and Tampa. And then there's uh, Sarasota has a dog track as well down there with a poker room. And then Bonita Springs down farther south. But anyway, my point is all those players up there that play all the time and play cash games up there don't get a chance to have something local for a tournament. You know, this gives them the chance to to play for a little bit and and showcase showcase their place, showcase the city. We already know that they have a lot of great poker players. Yeah. A bunch of them, I mean, you know, quite a few have already made the November 9. Uh, finals, finals for for years with uh, Raisner, Raisner from Tampa, and John Dolan, Dolan. So you know, they got outstanding poker players yeah. there. The the state of Florida can hold its head up very high because you know it's not just South Florida. You got Tampa, Jacksonville has some great players now. You know, uh, we've been playing uh, we've been playing some some outstanding poker in this state for a long time yeah. and it usually shows up in in a lot of the tournaments uh, just see how many people from the state of Florida win bracelets go deep in these tournaments so anyway the the seniors event is uh, event 12 that's next sunday the 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 16th of february uh today started two events the the monster stack tournament uh, which is a $400 buy-in. It started today. There's also an opening session tomorrow on the 12th. 
And also starting today was the PLO 8, uh, PLO Omaha 8, uh, PLO 8. And uh, so that will run through the 17th. And uh, so far, so good from what I've heard from up there. I really think uh, they're making a big success of it. Yeah, well, we're, I'm really happy for Pablo, and I'm sure Tony Burns is very happy yeah, and excited about it. Absolutely. Uh, I did want to talk about this survey. Uh, the article was on a, I saw it on a site called BeatTheFish.com, uh, and it says nearly half of women poker players have felt intimidated in their career. Uh, obviously, it's a boys' club, but they did a survey. 2,000 women answered the survey. 44 of those surveyed had played poker before, 7% currently playing, and over half of the other respondents have never played. So, you know, you're not getting just women players, but women that maybe haven't played for certain reasons. Uh, of the ones who, who uh, do play, said 81% enjoy playing the game, 34% play once a month, 16% play once a week. Uh, so they talked about their feelings. People asked questions about the comfort and intimidation on them. And... Uh, they f- 45% stated that they have felt intimidated by a member of the opposite sex. 15% said that it happened many times, while 30% said just once or twice. Uh, but 83% of uh, the women who have been intimidated at the poker table stated that they are put off from playing if men outnumber the women, which is almost always the case. So they talk about where they feel uh, most comfortable playing the game, uh, at at their own home, 27%. At a friend's house, 22 Online, 8%. And only 5% at a casino. Sure. Uh, you know, that doesn't come as a surprise to me, Dave. You just see so much, so less. And, and it's, you know, the few idiots out there that decide that, uh, you know, uh, that they got to prove that they're... I, don't, I, I can't even come up with a word for it, to, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I, I guess to hide their inadequacies yeah. of some sort, you know. But uh, the language is, I had it this week in the poker room. I got so pissed off with somebody uh, because of the language that he used. And, and we happen to have about, you know, besides our female dealers, we had five females in the room, three that were playing poker. And, uh, you know, once again, as I mentioned many times on our show, I got three daughters. I just don't put up with that. I don't I don't like that language. You know, I don't care. I don't care if it's a, if it's guys in a house, say whatever you want. I've probably <laughs> said it with you, but in a poker room, you know, try to show a little bit of class, you right. know? Let's try to show like you've got some sort of education like your parents actually taught you something how to act like a normal uh human being. And you would think that uh you know, they're talking about, you know, sexual behavior, uh hitting on them. You know, no, it's like just the, the it's not language. always just that. It's, it's just it's treating them. It's it's literally loud, treating them loud. like a second class citizen yeah. and using vulgar language. You know where, and I'll be honest with you, until that stops, you're not going to see these numbers grow. And when it does stop, those numbers are going to grow very slowly because they're just not going to believe it. Yeah. So. It's it's a damn shame, Dave, because you've always mentioned on this show that's the last frontier, more or less, to get over it. And I applaud the 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 the, the, the strong women that have not allowed themselves to be forced out of playing poker because of these idiots that are out there. And, and you know, unfortunately, there's too many of them. 
And it's a small percentage, but it, it, from a large group, a small percentage seems like a lot of people. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of a shame, too, because a lot of these women are very good players because they're women. And I think there's a certain advantage to, uh, you know, the, the nature of women and figuring out uh, their opponents and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we well, laugh at it with women's intuition, but I think it's very true. And, and you know, I had the advantage, and, and it really is, Dave, I had the advantage of dealing in private games many, many years ago. And in one of those, it was almost strictly women. I mean, I dealt to nine, ten women, um, and it was just so different, you know. And there were men that would play in that game, but probably I dealt that game six, seven times a, a month, and four to five of them, it was just women. And on the other times, it was one or two guys in the game. And never thought about it then until we started doing the show, but, yeah, the difference as to how they approach it. They get just as upset as men when somebody sucks out on them. Right. They just don't take it to that nasty level. You know, I never saw any of them, are, um, you know, cursing out another player or anything. They'd get upset. Trust me, they got upset. But, the, and they never took it to the level that most of the guys would. Right. And it actually turned out to be, a, I, I was shocked the first time I had to do that. I'm dealing to nothing but women here. This is amazing, you know. <laughs> and and you know they weren't young ladies. They 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 were already uh, mature women that were playing poker, but they were having a great time, Dave. It really was. It, right. it was a completely new experience. And if these idiots would know this out there, who for some you know whatever their reasons are that they want to act like complete a holes out there, you know. It was it was a fun. I, I'm telling you, my night flew by when I was dealing with them because they had me laughing. And again, I'm not trying to paint them out as the oh they everything. No, someone would get pissed. An occasional curse would come out, you know. But then there would be nice hand. I can't believe I lost that hand, yeah. you know. Such a different experience, and I had such a great time doing that. And to be honest with you, Dave, I've never had that experience in the casino. As a dealer in the casino, as a supervisor, as a manager. Yeah. It just hasn't been like that. Well, it's interesting, and we'll keep plugging along, I guess. Uh, it takes a long time, and it's a lot of work, but uh, someday maybe we'll get there. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We do appreciate you being with us, and we look forward to having you back again next week. Uh, we'll have some guests lined up over the next few weeks and try to get uh, what's going on here in town and around the world as we follow the world of poker. Uh, Joe, thank you as well. Gio. Thank you Mr. for all your work. Thank you, brother. I'm Big Dave Lemon. We'll see you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 